Hello, and welcome to One Shared Brain Cell Podcast. Um, with me, your host, Rich Newell. And as always, I am joined by... Um... Are you joking? <laughs> joined by... Um... Put some respect on my name, Rich. Move on. <laughs> and, and as always, I am joined by Scylla Black and, <laughs> and Bobby Tyler. Which one's... Oh, she's Scylla. I didn't know Bonnie Tyler was Welsh. Didn't know Bonnie Tyler was Welsh. Bonnie Tyler's not Welsh. Bonnie Tyler is Welsh as fuck. Bonnie Tyler is about as Welsh as it fucking gets. She makes Tom Jones look English. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we have our shitty keeping observation of the week, or mm. shitty thing of the week. Our well, I think there's going to be two questions of the week today. Oh, exciting. exciting. What we thought might be interesting today um, to discuss as our topic of the week is um, mistakes we've made, so hopefully no one else has to. So we'll um, just discuss things that we learnt that we were doing wrong on the way, or things that were obviously not the right thing to do because the outcome was horrendous, but not things we've done intentionally. We'd like to think that nobody does anything bad intentionally. Um, be a bit pointless. Be a bit point but that would be in the shitty keeping of the week section yeah uh so leah perhaps if you'd like to start what mistake have you made so someone else doesn't have to all right so my first like my mistake that i made was i had an androchromatis called kyle and this tiny little thing was starting to molt and i didn't know that because it was molting the right way up and i thought he was dead wholeheartedly was convinced that he was dead because his legs were curled under he wasn't moving thought okay great this is this is it this is going to be like my first death and thinking he was dead i got a paintbrush i opened his enclosure and i started to poke and prod i'm not proud of it because obviously i realized he was molting but at the time I was moving him around, turning him over, thinking, crap, he's like this, he's gone. Well, I'm guessing, yeah, because a, 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 a um, malt curl up the right way looks like a death curl, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Can see that. I've, yeah. I've actually, unless one of mine have done it without like me seeing, I've actually, none of mine have ever done that. And I, I don't know what causes them to do it, but it, like, I remember, I think it was Jaden from Mr. Grindler's Creatures who shared a picture of one of his spiders molten up bright. And it looks really dramatic. And actually, like, if that was one of mine, I'd be really scared. Yeah, you'd freak out the first time you ever saw it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't know. And you're panic. You'd be full of panic because how many, I mean, but how many times have we seen or had a tarantula or spider molt? And it's always the same way. Mm. So... You wouldn't. You genuinely wouldn't think, oh, that's molting the wrong way up, would you? You'd think, oh, poor little thing. I wonder I mean, what causes them to do it. I've had. I've actually had two of mine do that. I've seen it. I've witnessed it twice with two really? different branches. Yeah, it's really weird and it's really concerning. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's like a death. It is, looks exactly like a death kill, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So, what made you realise that he was molting? As soon as I saw a, a twitch. You know, the way, like, when they start getting that exoskeleton off and the legs yeah. will just gently twitch. Bear in mind, again, this is about a one and a half centimetre sling at this point. So after me, you know, sort of touching it and moving it around, it starts twitching. 
and then my heart fell out of my asshole because I thought, oh shit, it's molting and I have just been messing with it, thinking that it's dead. Like, is it now going to not survive because I've been messing with it? Yeah. And luckily, Kyle was fine. Yeah. So learning from that mistake, I would have maybe seen it, thought, okay, he looks like he might be dead separated him from the other spiders and i probably should have observed him for like the next few hours or the next day and if there was no change at all then started to address it yeah definitely and like maybe another thing you could look for like is if you're not sure like if they're molten upright then they they will have popped their carapace wouldn't they Mm. so maybe you could look for that as well yeah, see if that's ob- easy to spot. Yeah, like a Pringles yeah, lid. Yeah, see if that's yeah. there. See if that's by the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, um. Yeah. I can so understand how that happened because it's not the sort of thing you do deliberately. And I can, I can genuinely see how the panic would have set in, and you were like, "Oh, my poor little thing." Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Fiona, you. What have you done that you um? Mine is um ventilation related. So. I don't keep any avicularia. Um, For this I, reason? Yeah, I just, they're just a genus that just put the fear of God into me because I have had two slings and a grown on sling. And the slings I gave, um, so obviously this is a mistake I made. I put them in tubs that had side ventilation, but avicularia need so much ventilation as slings. So what I should have done is is basically had all round ventilation. So there should have been some in the lids, some in the front, back and sides. And then there should have been space in the enclosure. But because it was a sling, I it, it was a a smallish enclosure and then I put cork bark in it and then some leaves and it was it was fairly packed because it's a sling and I lost the first one and I I sort of thought oh okay right that's you know I just thought it was a sling and it had died and I sort of looked into the care a bit more and at the time I thought well there's there's ventilation on each side so that is cross ventilation but of course you need it from top and bottom um as well so I got another sling kept it the same but slightly more humid that died and then at that point i said to myself right i'm not i'm not only in avicularia slings anymore at doing it like there's just something about the care that i'm not getting right mm. uh and then i had a grown on sling and um i don't know really what happened to that but um i think that was probably ventilation related i think not only is it the ventilation that you need but you actually need the space in the enclosure as well so whereas i would probably give an arboreal sling you know like nice space but not loads and loads of it because it has to feel safe i th- i think avicularia probably require also a bigger space prepare to move yeah and i don't think i realized that at the time um and that that was sort of my do you feel the same with um carabina versicolor as well are, are they i know the needs aren't the same but carabina versicolor seemed to be a very difficult sling as well to raise they seem to be um, one of the more um fragile suicidal slings shall we say <laughs> um 
I have never had a problem with the Carabana genus, personally. I have heard rumours and hearsay that they're hard to look after, but I know, for example, my friends, Star and Junie, their first tarantula was a Carabana Versicolor, and they haven't had an issue with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, cool. I yeah, I don't I don't find that with them. Um when I had Sasha as a, a sling sling, I had her in it like a, a decent sized tub. So there was by this point I'd learned ventilation was the key. Uh and you know, just sprayed her once a week on the side. And now she, obviously she doesn't big, bigger enclosures, but still I don't keep it that wet, but yeah. Do you think there is um the sort of highlighting of um, not just knowing um, what should be done, but understanding the terms as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you read has to have cross-ventilation and you gave it what cross-ventilation, looked yeah. like the cross-ventilation, but it wasn't sufficient ventilation. Yeah. Um, so is there a sort of element of don't just know how to look after it by reading but understand what each term means as well or is that yeah. kind of like yeah definitely definitely like and i think a part of it as well is you can research until you're blue in the face but it's always different when you're doing stuff practically mm. um you know and unfortunately the side effect of making mistakes sometimes is that your slings will die and and it's it's shit you're right um ventilation is massively important and it's almost one of those things that um, as much as it's the responsibility of the keeper, the keeper is at the mercy of the manufacturer of the um, enclosure to a certain extent, because unless you're actually going to put more holes into the enclosure. Yeah, I mean, if you've bought if you've bought an enclosure that's specifically for, you know, arboreal slings, you would expect it. Well, I'm saying that now with experience, you would expect it to have quite a lot of ventilation in. I had Sasha in um a bug bunks sling arboreal sling and that that thing is just holes all over the place it's great um so yeah and no, i think that's a that's a very good point yeah you, you know it's um it's one of those considerations that's so important and so vital it is you know it has to be right especially with the more fragile age of of slings you know, yeah it's, uh, it has to be correct funny enough my my i think that's not funny unfortunately um unfortunately enough my um error was sling related as well i had a um gorgeous little um peepalka sling so it was in a nice little glass enclosure um everything was inside it it was very well put together um it, you know a small amount of substrate and to climb on and a little bit of leaf and i made the mistake of um overwatering it every couple of days i'd have a look at it and spray it um, and as it was off the substrate, I wasn't seeing just because it was glass and I don't know what happened, but I couldn't see how much water was in it and it was filling up with water. And by the oh, time it was spotted, there was about an inch of water in the bottom of the, the slim closure. And it was just like, I think if it had been, if it had been one of those, because I use small square enclosures now for my, um, but the ones you build yourself for my slings. And if it had been in one of those, it wouldn't have been an issue because it would have yeah. just seeped out the bottom. Um, but because it was basically in a glass jar, 
um yeah it just i think it was just it literally was just too much water going on yeah and the, i remember the glass was quite thick so it kind of distorted your view yeah you couldn't really see clearly yeah it's, it's yeah. like it, because the water you couldn't tell where the water level was because it just looked like glass all the way through and it was yeah. a little enclosure but um i just <clears throat> not for the likes of me and i just i just want to point out a distinction here you didn't drown it it was just waterlogged too much water yeah. Yeah, I didn't. It, I didn't see the. If I, you know, I, did, I didn't actually see the little sling floating in water, drowning. No. I think it just. It was too waterlogged. Too. It just didn't survive mm. the malt. The next one, it just you know mm. died in its next malt. Unfortunately. I think it might have been stress. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been a very unhappy little sling, and I do feel guilty about it. But I learned the lesson that you know, choose carefully which um, enclosure you put a sling in, and um, yeah check your bloody water levels mm. and uh, like one thing is that, like these are all things that we don't want to share like they're all things that yeah. we feel highly guilty about but also like you don't really see anyone sharing their mistakes often mm. and then that means you know if someone had done a, a youtube video two years ago about vent you know specifically about ventilation for avicularia slings and stuff like that then mm. And I wasn't even like it wasn't even like I was looking the other way as I was spraying water into it. I wasn't like doing it recklessly because I I pick it up and look at the sling every time I picked it up, watered it, made sure the sling yeah. was okay, and mm. so I was, I was taking attention, giving it attention as I was mm. watering it. So it isn't like I was recklessly watering it. And no, you were like yeah. loving it so much. Yeah, and I loved it yeah. to death. I think what was it? Hurting it with love or something. I think probably the phrase killing, yeah, killing it with love, oh, killing it with so kindness. Lovely. That's the fucker killing it with kindness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's. Can you think of any like quick, like off the cuff mistakes you've made, like, like mainstream mistakes, like not having a catch cup close enough, that type of thing. Mm. Like, I even like with slings now that I know wouldn't wouldn't even make it like halfway across my um, animal table thingy. You know, I always have a catch cup now. Mm. Always, always, because um, yeah. I've had, I've had two escapes. Not escape. When I say escapes, they didn't get out of their enclosure. <laughs> I fucked up a rehousing, and I, I lost my tiger wandering spider. I found it, tiger wandering spider, and a Kieslotheria ornata was out for three days, and I lost sleep over those. <laughs> <laughs> not the ti the tiger wandering spider I found straight after, but that made my heart like I felt sick. They got the jet move out. <laughs> the owner. Well, one one piece of advice you could probably take if if you're someone who keeps all your animals in one room like me, there's these amazing things on Amazon. They're called double sided door um, double sided draft excluders, and they slot underneath your door, but then. They um they have a barrier eat both sides, so I have one of them on the bottom of my animal door. So I know that if it, it doesn't matter what escapes in the room, it can't get out. So rationally in my brain, I knew the pokey was in there somewhere, mm. and I knew the likelihood of it having escaped was extremely low. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll pop those in the link in the description because those are great because they also fit up the side of your door. 
So when I was a, a less experienced keeper and I was a bit more nervous, I used to have one on the bottom and one on the side. Don't bother with the one on the side anymore. But yeah, they're they're really mm. really That's useful. A really cool idea. That's something that you wouldn't that you wouldn't naturally, I guess, think of. Like I would have never thought that unless you would have unless you said something just now. Yeah, my husband said, "Oh, you know, can you put something like by the door to stop any anything if it gets out?" And I was like, mm, "I don't know." So yeah, I kind of had a look at draft excluders and then found like double sided ones, and I was like, "That's perfect because you don't have to take it off; it opens with the door because it goes underneath." So it's just yeah, it's just good, really good. Nice. Yeah, I imagine a lot of people. I imagine most people have everything in one room. I don't. I, I think by the nature of them, I don't think they're, they're not usually spread out throughout the house, are they? They're normally. Yeah. I mean, you might have one animal in one room and another in another room, but mm. you're not going to have six tarantula enclosures in one room and another six in another room. Yeah. I don't imagine that's how most people do it. I imagine yeah. for most people, the, the their, their entire little tarantula family is in one room. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm quite happy with my setup because i'm not only am i in one room but it's it's a small room mm. so it's not like you know your animals in your front room is quite big room still the double-sided draft excluder would work to sort of like mm. you know it's in that room but mine's quite small so just the only thing i worry about with mine is if it, if one did escape um it would get into the kitchen and i would find it there'd be so many places to hide there. that yeah me and Adam share our hobby room, which means my tarantulas are on one side of the room and all, almost his entire collection of Lego is on the other side. So he's, he obviously tells me, do not ever let something escape because if something escapes and it gets mixed in with his Lego, there is literally hundreds of sets, hundred like tons of drawers filled with hundreds of pieces of Lego Mm. like there's tons of bags filled with lego sets that aren't built yet there's like if if one of them escaped the likelihood of me ever finding them again i think is rather low i'll be honest yeah and yeah and if you lost it it would probably get squished when you're trying to find it accidentally yeah yeah you just sort of you know it's the worst thing in the world to lose a tarantula i've, I've lost one um and it, it just i've said it before many times it just miraculously turned up Oh, of course, yeah, Harry Bean. Harry Bean, yeah. Um, and you've just got to hope that, you know, because they are very good at hiding, they, and they don't, it's, <laughs> they're brilliant at hiding, and they will evade, will evade you if they can. So you have to sort of hope that it hears you coming, runs off and hides, keeps running and hiding, and then one day it's just like out on the side, and you're like, oh, there you are. Well, that's basically how I found that pokey, mm. is it was out for three days, and um, at the time I was using Rackin, um and the the legs of it they're like about six they were about six foot tall but they're hollow the legs and i thought well it's fucking it's gone in there yeah um and it turned up i can't remember whether it was two or three days but it was it was at least two mm. i had a rug on my floor and i picked it up to because i wanted to hoover and it just fell out of the rug and i was like what what are you what are you doing in the rug in the middle of my floor like you should be somewhere dark but yeah, i was like dark and high but like literally the relief that washed i've never never thought that i'd feel relief over finding a pokey in a rug yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i cannot explain to you i was so happy 
Yeah, something you touched on earlier is keep everything to hand. Mm. Keep your catch cap, mm. your brushes, your tongs, everything you might need. Keep it in one place handy, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere near where, wherever you're going to be doing what you're doing. Get everything, even if you've got to double check everything, like a sort of surgical operating room. Have you got everything there? Yeah. And before you do, before you start your rehouse. Yeah. Yeah, I've got um, another tip that I'd like to share, if that's okay with you guys. Please do. So I actually bought my animal feeding table. is a baby changing table. Uh, and the reason that is, is because the sides are raised. I actually pinched the idea off of Jaden because he's got a table with raised sides. And I, but I don't think it's a baby changing table. I think he, I think he made it and it's portable. Um, anyway, so I went on Facebook marketplace cause I saw there's one in Ikea and it's like your standard Ikea baby changing table, if you can imagine. Um, and I managed to find one on Facebook Marketplace for Fiverr, and it's it's cracking, so good. Excellent. I would have bought one brand new. I just thought, oh, I'll have a look. Yeah. And there was there just happened to be one like ten minutes on the road from me, but yeah, they're really good because quite often if you've um, got someone's bolt in, that isn't a pokey or a wandering spider, um, it'll <laughs> or a centipede. I learned recently. Anyway, um, it will bolt into a corner and it'll stop and um and it's really good and also as well when they bolt off the table often they'll go under so before i had the baby changing table i actually had a set of drawers like normal like bedroom drawers which i kept each drawer had like animal stuff in and if they bolted down the back of that what the fuck am i gonna do where mm -hmm. i can't see them so yeah um baby changing tables really really good good too Hmm. That's a really good. And you can probably, and by the sound of it, less than a cost of a normal table. Yeah, I think. Look I, carefully. I genuinely think the one in IKEA is about twenty-five pound, brand new, and like <clears throat> mine is stinking now. Like it's, it's, I've cleaned it and cleaned it and cleaned it, but obviously, like substrate is ingrained in it. But like, <laughs> it is priceless to me. Mm. I had to move around a bunch of vivs yesterday. I was thinking, oh, I, I don't know if I think I'm gonna have to do away with my feeding table. Um, and I specifically spent about an extra hour and a half moving things so that I could keep it. Because yeah, it is, it's 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 honestly, so guys, biggest hack of the hobby: yeah. baby changing table. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure there isn't a baby on it. <laughs> yeah, that might help. <laughs> on, fake, um, on Facebook Marketplace, it might have come with one. <laughs> <laughs> it might have. <laughs> it might have. Um, so before we move on, does anybody else have any tips or anything else they'd like to add to that before we move on? Yes, one really quick one. It is a mistake and it is sort of to do with sort of potential escapes is always check the fucking lids before you move them off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that know? one corner that's not oh, quite yeah. popped down properly. Oh, I, I think, like, if you didn't, didn't, I got it. Now, I want to say it's a big YouTuber. A very one of the big big youtubers right um i'm sure in their early opening titles to their videos they opened up an enclosure and the tarantula was on the underside of it and they screamed and freaked i have seen a clip of a man opening a tub and it's on the lid but i don't know i don't know who that was i just saw it in like a mistake uh, video I, see i might be mistaken completely mistaken um 
but I'm sure it was in someone's opening clips. Really? Where they were like, and it was like obviously been there, edited in there because it was quite funny, but I'm sure they opened the enclosure and it was on the underside and they properly freaked and screamed. Oh my God. Yeah. I've had that happen to me once before and that was with a, it was with the same pokey that fucking Stop escaped. <laughs> I spotted Valkyrie, the Piamenia. Um, I just happened to look up because when I'm on sort of lying or crashed out in the same room they are, I'm kind of looking up at most of them. Um, and I noticed that he was on the uh, properly cleanly on the underside of the lid. Oh, and I was like, yeah, just thought I wasn't going to go check on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's a really good tip. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and not on purpose, but I'm sure they're just having a wander and like, oh, I wonder what it's like mm. up here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're just having a nose, aren't they? That's a good tip. Um, <laughs> excellent. Um, so I think as we're on the subject of things that of bad things or things that we don't necessarily approve of what other people shouldn't do, um, I'd like to move on to the Paul Ferrari Award for the shittest thing I've seen this week. <laughs> oh, or for the <laughs> Paul, Paul fucking Ferrari. My, this thing, the thing I'd like to highlight this week has been something I really don't like. Um, and I really don't, I, I can understand why it happens and why people do it, but I don't, there's no, there's no art in it. There's no, there's nothing in it other than just sensationalism again. And it's people that have accounts that don't put their own content up but just share shit from popular accounts mm. and they will share the bad stuff and they don't share their own content but they will share whatever's popular to boost their own channel but it, nothing on it is their own yeah and the worst thing is they always put um dm for credit yes please dm for credit or removal so you know straight away and if you don't know these accounts you might think oh that's fantastic they're a good photographer or you know or they've oh that's an amazing pick but it just isn't there it's none of it is theirs no. and it's theft it's a sent it's essentially it is just theft yeah. somebody i mean you know look at the people we've mentioned in keeper of the week their photographs are amazing and their videography is amazing so to have someone come along and go do you know what I'm going to take that picture. I'll have that. Yeah, I'll have that because most people aren't going to read the comments where it says, please DM for removal. Yeah. They're just going to scroll mm -hmm. down my page and keep liking it because they're amazing pictures. Yeah. And yeah, and they mm -hmm. and they also post this stuff that we just is just horrible keeping. All the things we've just explored in the last couple of weeks, they will repost that as well, just for, for the um for the sheer um exploitation of everything we've discussed that's piss poor. Um, so that is very much, I mean, it's quite a, a concise one. I appreciate that there isn't a lot of room to go with that, but it's just people that steal content, put it out as their own, mm. and don't care what that content is. It's worth it's worth mentioning, 100%. It is, it is an issue. Yeah, and I think the worst thing is, like you just said, is that they don't care what it is. They don't appreciate the hours it took to take the picture it's a, the, it go it, for me right it, i may be deep in it too much right but for me i had to work so hard to get my camera my nice one mm. i had to work hard again to get my lens mm. and my hard work took those pictures mm. and then also my time so mm. you you might see one picture of an animal i can guarantee you there are about 20 or 30 mm. and you pick one that you like or, yeah, or yeah. one I, I can take, like, 120 pictures in a sit-in. I'll probably come out with 10. Yeah. Yeah. And That's it's... 
it's not just the theft of the picture it's the theft of your time mm. and everything that went into being able to take that picture like the fact that i've even bought the animal like they're trying to take credit that's my pet yeah 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 that's yeah. my that's my baby fuck off stop pretending it's yours yeah, oh, yeah. see i'm getting angry now yeah it's just jarring in it yeah it is yeah it really is yeah i used to get mine taken quite a few times and it was always the same photo you know when like you get tagged in a post from another Instagram account and it's your photo and they've like tagged you as a photographer, but they didn't ask you first. They just posted it and tagged you. Like I used to get so mad at them that I would spam their comments on every single post they ever made. I'd report every single photo and I'd send them message. <laughs> like it'd be like every 10 minutes I'd, send them abuse and <laughs> delete it all capitals like fucking store my content every few <laughs> minutes until they had like well over 100 messages from me i'd say those same abusive messages on every post that they made in every comment and like i just do it over and over and over and over again until it gets taken you away. shouldn't have to do that you should better put your content out share it with everyone Put the content you've lovingly made from pets you've lovingly looked after, and then that's yours. You shouldn't have to worry about gaining it, spotting it, because someone else is mm. passing it off as theirs with just the simplest of, you know, tagging you in it to say yeah. your thanks. You know, that's it. I've had a couple of those accounts, like, message me and say, like, some of the better ones. Um, like, hey, do you mind if I share this? And I'm like, yeah, crack on. You know, you have a little mm. gander at their account first, make sure it's sound. But um, I have no problem with people using my content as long as it's credited and you've asked me. Because mm. I just think that's respectful. Mm. Like, taking your picture and then tagging you in it as if you're going to be thankful for the exposure. Not the fact that they should be grateful that you've provided them with content that they haven't even asked for is wild to me. Exactly. Yeah, like it's going to be a compliment that they've taken your work and your love and care. Oh, I mean, they do that thing oh. where they, they might have, and it's very strange as well, because I think you mentioned, might have mentioned this before, um, before we discuss, I think we and I have discussed this before, and it's people that have got tens of thousands of followers, but 78 likes on a picture. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's people that, like you're saying, it's like they've bought followers to make it look like it's worth that you have in your content on their mm. channel when realistically they've probably only got, you know... It's all bots. Yeah. Um, do you think we need to explain who Paul Ferrari is to people who don't know Paul Ferrari so they know what the Paul Ferrari award is? Paul no. Ferrari <laughs> is possibly the motivation for one of our first ever... Poor, Suicide packs. Poor keepers what? of the week, oh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even keep tarantulas. He's just the dickhead I work with. And he is literally a really <laughs> sad bloke. Do you know how he is? Do you know what, do you know what a nice bloke he is, right? He's he, so good. He is such an amazingly nice bloke. But he's an asshole. He's like a chaff. He's like a grown chaff. But, like, that's what we are like. <laughs> how dare you? Think of the time you live in. You get chaff status. Tell me I'm you're not welcome here. No, I tell you, I tell you <laughs> I why. Think this, um, yeah. I think the chav goes to me. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm definitely more chavy than you. What you've got, you've got, you what, you've got faux middle, you've got faux bourgeois blinkers, because you can't see that Cardiff is now stale, and Barry has overtaken the right, in place to be. Listen, listen. Anyway, let's not. Cardiff's a big place, and I don't live in main main Cardiff. I live in the posh bit. If you say that, but it's you, you've settled there and think that's it forever, 
that Barry is, is narrow. <laughs> I live on the goddamn docks in Barry. It's fucking lovely. Oh, so we're telling people where you live now. Yeah, okay. I don't care. Come round for tea. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come round and talk to Rancho's and have a cup of tea. Um, um, Paul Ferrari. Paul I've Ferrari. met him once, and he has the same banter that me and Rich have. So every time, if I ring Rich and he's with Paul, I'll just be like, "Oh, put Paul on." Hi, Paul. You're fucking prick, and put Rich back on. That's it. But he is. <laughs> but he this year, right? Because he knows I I live by myself and don't really do Christmas. He's insisting on bringing me down a plate of Christmas dinner. This is how nice he is. He's like, he he is like, he's genuinely that nice a person. I told you come mine. But no, I can't. What do you mean no? No, I don't want to. I just I don't want to not come to yours. I just don't want to go to anyone's. I want to be on my own. All right, I'm bringing all my family here. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> But also, he's the biggest fucking arsehole in the world. <laughs> he is the one that will go, oh, yeah, I'd have those, and i put them in together. And I said, oh, and his son is massively, his, his son is a massive tarantula and, and spider and insect freak in, in the best way possible. And um, I was, I've been talking about to him about getting his son a, um, a pet of some sort. And I, I think he's dabbling with it. He's not definitely going to do it. And Fiona had a little list of... Um, uh, centipedes and millipedes and, and, a, and a things for sale, and I sent it to Paul. I said, "Are oh, you interested in any of this? Would any of this be fine? You know, look looking good for Freddie?" And they said, "Oh yeah, I might buy them and put them all in together to fight." And it's like you fucking oh. prick. It's like you are the absolute epitome of why we started doing shitty keeping. But he's only doing it because he knows it'll set Rich off. Yes, because he knows yeah. it's the thing to say. Like yeah. he's the night. He's such a nice guy, like proper lovely guy, and his kids are lovely as well. But do you know just one of those people that you see him and you just want to run him over? Yeah, yeah he's just like the nicest person that you could possibly hate. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I absolutely hate you. Yeah, and I'm a thoroughly nice person. Yeah, exactly. Because I love everyone and couldn't adore you more. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I can't even remember where we were, but... Paul Ferrari Paul Award. Ferrari. Yeah. So, that's, so that's why it's the Paul Ferrari Award for the shittiest thing we've seen this week. Um... So, Anywho. <laughs> moving on from the uh, bitterness and Fiona's vitriol. Um, <laughs> I didn't even get started. Should we do a whole episode on it? Well, I think we just did. Um, <laughs> so now we have two questions of the week this week, because I've got a funny feeling that um, one of them is going to be a quick answer, um, but they are two questions I've been asked. Um, so I think they're both interesting questions, I think, You'd and questions so. I'd like to discuss. Okay. okay. Um, the first question is, what do the numbers in a tarantula description mean? 0.1, for example. All right. So, guys, there are three numbers. So let's say, for example, you've got Grammar Solar Poker, one... You'll usually only see two. You'll only, you'll see three numbers if they're referring to slings, and I'll explain why shortly. So you'll get... Grammar Solar Polkra 1.0. If the number is in the first, it'll be a male. If it's a 0.1, that means female. And the number is the amount that they're referring to. So 2.1 would be two males, one female, right? Okay. If they're referring to slings, particularly breeders, if you have an unsexed spider, well, you'll, to be honest, you'll see it in anything from slings to juveniles. You'll, you'll see 0 0.0.1. That means unsexed. And then with slings, you might see 0 0.0.10, which means they have 10 unsexed of that species. 
Um, the next question. <laughs> I'm so sorry if that was boring. No, it was I never knew that. No, I do you know what? I wasn't really sure. I thought it was something to do with instars, and um, um, I, yeah, I, I'd never really. I'd, I'd never really known, to be honest. So when that question came up, I thought, this is a way for me to learn without me having to ask the question. Probably shouldn't talk about it now and give myself away, but I thought, do you know what? I'm going to ask that question because I want to know. And the other question <laughs> is, and I, 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 guess, I think this one's pertinent, is it worth the risk of having tarantulas posted during really cold months? No. No, I'm going to say no as well. I just don't think it's no matter how many heat packs you put in and whatever measures you take. Mm. I just don't think it's worth the risk, is it? Colder months, I don't necessarily have an issue with because you, you should you should always check the weather ahead before you send. Even in the hot months, because if it gets too hot, then you know that's also an issue. Mm. But when we're in months like, let's say through de- December to February, way too cold. And yeah, you can control that with a heat pack, but the the uh, risk is there. All you'll need is one day's delay. I know, like, heat packs are supposed to stay on for, like, 48 hours, but... Because are, are, are sellers still posting? Yeah, they do, but they, they are also very mindful of the weather. So I've I've ordered from various sellers, um, and, you know, you might, you might know that it's getting posted on a Tuesday. You might get an email Monday night saying, look, the weather forecast is too cold, we're going to have to delay sending. So I think as long as you're... Um, buying from a responsible seller you shouldn't have an issue um also all major sellers this time of year will always put a heat pack in actually do you know um i think i mentioned a couple of episodes ago my um pestlitheria miranda that went to Screwfix around the corner that was during winter because <laughs> it was fucking freezing Ooh. i remember thinking i can't risk leaving it there and getting it tomorrow yeah i had to go around and get it after work on the friday sort of straight after work on the reverse of that, I had a tarantula delivered during the summer when we had that heat wave, and the person and uh, I missed the delivery because they sent it a day early, so it was at the post office. And I remember every time I went in the post office, it was Baltic, so cold. It was lovely. I just wanted to stay in there, um, and I and I could have gone to get the tarantula before work, but actually I thought I'd probably be better off in the post <laughs> office until I'd finished work. So I usually, yeah, I'd go and get it straight away, but I just, the heat was, it was so hot. I left it there for the day and what got it after work. Leah, anything to add? I pretty much agree with what you guys have just said. I mean, I don't think it's worth the risk if there's any possibility whatsoever that it's just going to be too cold, like you said, between December and March. Even, like, when it starts getting to, like, low single digits, zero or below, it's just, no. Mm. It's not just not worth it. Yeah. Like, you just don't want to risk losing an animal for the sake of your impatience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Good point. Like, when mm-hmm. um, when my kids went to Fiona, i.e. Pagan and Mango, they were, like, delayed a day because he came just as, like, you had left the house. And I already panicked because it, was, it wasn't it was even that cold. <laughs> but it was, like, there was a slight chill in the air and I was texting Fiona, like, oh, my God. <laughs> Are they going to be okay? She was messaging me, like, rebook the delivery now. I was like, girl, they're in the post office down the road for me, please. <laughs> like, I will literally go and get them first thing tomorrow. <laughs> 
and they were both fine. And Pagan was absolutely fucking fine because he ended up on my bloody roof, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. You have to care. And posting when it's that cold, I don't think is worth it. I think the Spanish shop have actually taken the livestock down right now, but I think it's mostly because of strikes. Yeah. Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. When I've had the emails in the past, they're like, we can't post because it's too cold. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm gutted because I'm not going to get the animal. But at the same time, I'm not like, fucking send it. I want it arrived, yeah. arriving mm. frozen and I will defrost it myself. It's worth <laughs> the risk. God damn it. Yeah. Animal <laughs> meat. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that gets mad when you get an email. Like, obviously, sometimes it's disappointing, like you've just said. But if you get an email saying, sorry, we can't post it. It's too cold. We're going to delay it. If you're, if that person like gets mad about it and is like complaining, should you really have that animal? Because if <laughs> it's a it's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> people, um, sellers should be able to um, judge on the response the response of the email. Yeah. <laughs> they go, oh, fucking what? Post it anyway. I'll take the risk. It's like, well, you're not having it now. Yeah, cancelled order. You really on, yeah, cancel the order, and you're not getting refunded. <laughs> the refund is going to charity. Um, but no, I think you're right. Yeah, it's uh, not worth the risk. Not at all. Mm-hmm. So on that note, um, I'd like to move on um, to something nice. Which <laughs> can stop fucking moaning now, all three of yeah, us. Yeah, we've done a very, we've done a very serious um, podcast this week. Who's hosting next? <clears throat> not me. I'm never hosting again. Genuinely. Uh, you are. I don't you are. like it. I don't enjoy it. Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna have fun. I don't enjoy hosting. I'm, never, I'm literally never hosting another one. Oh, I don't feel comfortable. Okay, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Yeah, I suppose you're too much better at it than I am. So I'm happy just to sit here and chip in. I think we all bring a different flavour, and I think they're all very valid and great. I'm, I'm salted caramel. A very obnoxious host. You're a very <laughs> considerate and thoughtful host. Mm-hmm. Leah is like a teacher. She is, yes. Like, very, like, keep on track. Yes, she'd make a very good teacher. But I appreciate that in both of you. So, yeah, I'm moving on to something a little bit nicer. Um, segwaying in. <laughs> smoothly. <laughs> so, smooth segwaying smoothly in. Um, I would like to nominate my Keeper of the Week. And this week, it is pretty much primarily an insect keeper. Um, I love their content. Um, Their content reminds me of um, Dee Dee, the Jumping Spoods content. Okay. In the fact that um, the absolute love for the insect and pet comes through more than the desire to put a photograph out. You know, it just seems so natural. And when you scroll through their content, you just see lovely pictures of like of, of like a cockroach having a munch on a on a um strawberry looking absolutely fantastically happy or one of those bizarre cri- armored crickets that you've never seen before in your life looking oh, like a looking so cool. yeah, like a disney yeah. character so my um nomination for keeper of the week is bugs and books Nice. Uh, because it's just one of those so underrated. And I've chatted to her a few times, and she just seems so lovely and so passionate and just so um, just humble and down to earth, but has fantastic content. And I, I just, her pictures just make me 
so interested in bugs because they're just so well portrayed. She portrays her bugs in such a manner that you think, that's a character, that's a character, that's a character. And it's just, you know, it's a very addictive account because you you want to scroll through and see what the next interesting, fascinating little bug is. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen her account or you haven't, if you don't follow her, um, bugs and books, um, we'll put the details into the um, description. Go and give her a follow or go and say hello if you want to. I say go and say hello to her if you want to. She might be inundated. She might be like, why on earth is he pointed <laughs> people in my direction? But it'll be fun. Um, just say Rich sent you. Um, so, yeah, have a look at that. <laughs> no context. Rich sent me. Rich sent me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, yeah, have a look at her content. Have a browse through because you will see some amazing little insects and portrayed so well. And I, I just think it's just worth looking just because of how delightful the content is i'm um i've just taken a moment to have a little scroll through and it's just so fun yeah like there's so many different things on here there's a beetle i can't work out what i don't know what it you disella hornimani it's a beetle called juliet and it's so pretty mm. And they are portrayed so lovingly. There's just like they are little. They really are. And they're so precious. This was not an account I was like, I knew before the podcast, but like, I will have to have a good scroll. Every post. They're just going to get like an influx of like glorified peroxide to post, glorified peroxide to post. They're 100% going to know when we followed them. When we were sorry, when we recorded this, yeah, that's exactly right. They'll see the likes, exactly. yeah, definitely the literal likes. So, yeah, congr <laughs> congratulations to Bugs and Books, and welcome to the um, Keepers Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh, sorry, I was looking at their photos. <laughs> Perfect impression. Yeah, yes. you get past for that one. Yeah. Um, so, well, thank you very much for everyone for listening. Um, <laughs> do you know what? While I'm hosting, I'm going to just take the reins. I want to say hello. I'm going to say hello to Miri and Maggie, because Miri is lovely, and Maggie is the most adorable little papa. And um, Maggie and Miri live out in the middle of Germany, Aww. and I would so dearly love for her to come around for have a cup of tea and have a sit and have a chat with us one yeah. evening. I also once drew her dog being chased by a T-Rex. Oh, I remember, yeah. I do, yeah. So hello, Miri and Maggie. So from me, Rich Newell, and Leah from the Glorified Pet Rocks and Fiona of the Spare Room, thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye! Bye! Vagina, do you remember? The world's Smallest vagina. <laughs> I do vaguely remember that. Sat outside a McDonald's drive thru in Bristol. You just sat there and said, Oh, I've got the world's smallest vagina. Do you remember? I do. I don't remember how it came about. You meant though. to say bladder because you wanted a wee. Oh, yeah. And I said vagina. Oh. <laughs> yes, it was hilarious. Um... <laughs> Thank God I didn't say that in front of Bear. I would have killed myself. <laughs>